Today, as it's been shared, it is uh, our gift day. And um, gift day is, is one of my favorite uh, days of the year. Um, I, and I love it for two reasons. Um, firstly, because um, I'm reminded of the uh, many amazing gift days that we've had in the past. Uh, this building um, came gift day. We raised money to buy this building. We've had gift days where we raised money to plant River City Church in the, north of, uh, in the east of the city. We've had gift days to launch Jubilee Life College uh, and so much more, uh, including uh, a gift day seven years ago. And part of that money released uh, me to come on staff at church. So thank you very much if you were here seven years ago. Um, and the second, and so i sort of excited for all that God is going to do with uh, as, we, as we look back and remember what God's done. But I also um, love gift days because it is a chance for us to review our giving. Uh, It gives us a chance to look at how are we stewarding what God has given to us. Uh, It's given uh, Rachel and I, my wife, a chance to sit down this week and look at how we spend our money. You know, what are we uh, saving towards? What are we giving away? How much are we spending at Costa Coffee? Uh, And this is a really important thing to review our giving because um, where we place our money shows what we value. Um, and sometimes we've had to make changes to the way we live in order to reflect that. Sometimes we've had to cut giving in certain areas. Sometimes we've been able to give more away. And it, it feels like every year it's a chance for me to reposition myself before God's plans and purposes. And so today we get to do those three, uh, two things. We get to review our giving. For some that mean, might mean starting giving to the church for the very first time. For others it may be changing how much you give. And, and it's a chance to give one-off gifts above and beyond our normal giving. Those one-off gifts are going to raise money for three areas, especially focusing on this reinvest stage that we believe God is taking us into in these coming months. So the three areas we're going to be raising money for is social action. We want to respond to the needs of our city um, and and look at how we can especially support the most needy. Uh, This is predominantly going to be done through the work of Jubilee Life College, where we want to release money to develop courses and content that will really impact those who have mental health issues, those who are unemployed, uh, those who are socially isolated at this time. And we also want to begin this process of looking at how can we relaunch our uh, project uh, for the front of the building, for turning the the old bank space into a usable space to make ourselves known, uh, our presence known to the high street, but also uh, have a great community space which can be used uh, to benefit many people in our city. So social action. Secondly, church planting. We as a church are committed to establishing new church communities both locally and globally as part of regions beyond. We recently have planted Freedom Church in the north of the city and we want to use money from this gift day to help resource them over the next 12 months so they can have a great impact for the kingdom. And thirdly is that the family fund. The economic effects of COVID-19 are going to be felt by us all, um, but we know that many of us will face significant challenges over the coming months. And to support those in need, we want to uh, start a new family fund, which will enable us to make small one-off grants uh, to support those in our family who are in need. The money you give will make sure we are prepared to support those in need over the coming months. I'm excited to see what God does. And it's really important that we remember as we start to give, as we give, that um, we're not trying to show God what we've got. We're not trying to impress him. We're not trying to impress others by saying, look at all these uh, activities that we can do. Now, when we give, we don't say to God, this is what we've got. Uh, Instead, we say to God, show us what you've got. (laughs) Show us how you provide and what you will do. 
Hopefully the video we watched from the youth helped us understand a little bit further about why we give. And as we support the most in need in our city, it's really important to understand why we do this. Our vision as a church is built around Isaiah 61. Jesus quotes Isaiah 61 at the beginning of his ministry in Luke 4. He declares the reason he came and it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We believe as we make Jesus known in Hull and the Nations, as we live out this vision, it will, ha- it will impact the economics of the city. It will be good news to the poor. It will have legal implications, freedom for the prisoner. It will, ha- it will impact people's health, sight for the blind. It will impact relationships. The oppressed will be set free. It's a wonderful picture of what it means to live as followers of Jesus and what impact we can have as we live out this Isaiah 61 mandate we, and, and we are people who are spirit-filled, as we are people reaching, as we see potential released in us and in others, and as we see communities restored. Uh, Phil, who's hosting this morning, uh, shared last week about, from our series uh, in the, on the Sermon on the Mount about why we care for the needy. I'd encourage you, if you've not listened to that yet, um, catch up. Um, but it was a, a message which, I, it's fair to say, I think it probably would create two reactions. And um, for some of you, I, I know from the, the chat box during the service, you were with Phil every bit. You were cheering him on. You were uh, excited about the opportunities to serve the needy. Um, and for others, the reaction would be, oh, I just feel like a novice in this area. Where do I even begin? And can I really have an impact? And I think a lot of how we respond to a message like Phil's will depend on how we view being followers of Jesus. The first position is we, we see Jesus, uh, following Jesus is about loving those around us and about justice. You know, we love the stories about the good Samaritan or the woman at the well. Uh, we love to give to the poor and we want to see justice in every area of society. And the second position is we see following Jesus is about holiness. It's about becoming like Jesus. We love discipleship. We love to see people experiencing change and transformation. And you'll probably join Jubilee for one of those two reasons. For a lot of you, you see our our love for the poor, the priority we give to social action, and you joined us. For other people, they come into our building, they they can't handle it, and they, they leave. For others, you come along and you get this sense of God's presence when we gather our priority for worship and preaching of the word and seeing spiritual gifts, and you join us. I want to say that both of those reasons are good reasons to join Jubilee. But one without the other is inadequate. We need both. And as Phil shared last week, it was this picture of actually, what is it if we understand who God is, we understand who we are, and we actually, we don't have to choose between either. We can actually have both. You know, the first group, you might like that we pray as a church, but you have little appetite to join us. You, and you'd much rather be out there on the street serving the homeless. The second group, you know, you, you love social, you love that we do social action. You might even fund it. You might be even be happy to fund it, but you have little desire to get involved with it itself and the work. And the danger is without this good balance of both holiness and justice, we become lopsided. If we make it all about holiness and character formation, then we have great meetings, people feel like they belong and they're growing, but quickly we make it inward looking and all about ourselves. If we're all about social action and justice, then then actually we offer nothing more than the great secular organizations who already work in our city. 
And even worse is that we can sometimes separate as a community. You know, we can judge each other due to our biases towards holiness or justice. You know, I wish our church would care more about the poor and the homeless and those in need. Or I wish our church cared more about praying together. We don't need one or the other. We need them both. We need it all. And I don't think we have to choose between being people who are, go for justice or people who go for holiness because I believe the Bible gives us an invitation to experience both and it comes in the form of a word that we don't use a lot, righteousness. The Greek word for righteousness is dikaiosune uh, and it involves two things. It involves being right with God or we might say character and holiness or being right, and being right with the world or we might say justice. And we find God is described as one who is righteous. Psalm 33, verse 5. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. Psalm 89, verse 14. This is about God. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. God perfectly shows us what it is to be holy and just. And we are invited to mirror his character to the world around us as we live a righteous life. In our series on the Sermon of the Mount, we find righteousness plays a key part in following Jesus. Josh shared from it back in January, Matthew 5, verse 6, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. We're going to come to this passage in a few weeks, but Matthew 6 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. As followers of Jesus, we need to hunger and thirst for holiness and justice together. And when we do that, Jesus says we will experience the kingdom of God. So how do we hunger and thirst for righteousness? Firstly, we need to have a hunger for personal righteousness. We should desire to be people who are holy, aware of our sin and allowing God to transform us into his glory. We need to be people who encounter God and allow him to change us. People who are hungry for his presence. Our prayer meetings should be the place, places that are full of life, where we are seeking God, where we are crying out to him in prayer, and we are allowing our hearts to be shaped by him. When we worship we should be seeing the Holy Spirit moving in our midst and lives being changed. As we read scripture and spend time discipling each other, we should understand more of who God is and what he is wanting to do in our lives. We should be dealing radically with sin, as Hannah shared a few weeks ago. Not taking grace as a license to, to do what we want, but wanting our lives to live in a way which glorifies our Lord and Savior. But then we also need to be a people who hunger for public righteousness. We should be a people who actively work to see God's justice outworked in our city and beyond. We should be the people who stand up for the victim and those without a voice. We should be the refuge for the hurting and a place of healing for the broken. We should be going to the places that no one else wants to go and being with the people who are forgotten and rejected. This might be on a local level as we spend time with individuals, but we must also speak up against the structures and the, the systems that allow injustice to continue. We should be people standing up for the poor in our city, to those experiencing racism, for the unborn child at the risk of, a, of abortion. We should be standing up for the, the women who feel like they can't walk through the streets without feeling safe. 
I want to speak especially to men in our church. We need to champion women. We need to, it's not okay that a woman can walk through our capital city and be kidnapped and murdered. And as men, we've got to, we've got to take a stand to make sure our women feel safe in our city. We need to understand afresh what it means for each person to be made in the image of God. What it would look like if every person in our city was treated with dignity and honor. The justice that we seek should always reflect God's heart. We need to understand that God cares for justice more than we ever will. And as we spend time with God, we will grasp his righteousness. I love that one of my favorite stories in the Bible comes in Isaiah 6 when God encounters Isaiah. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am a lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with tongs from the altar. He reached my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Isaiah encounters God and he realizes what a mess of his life he has made. His only response is, woe is me. He simply can't be in God's presence because he realizes how holy God is and what a mess he is. But then God comes and he demonstrates grace. He forgives Isaiah and he takes away his guilt. After Isaiah is cleansed of his sin, Isaiah is ready to be sent. As we see who God is, as we see him for who he is, as we in, it will lead us to repentance, and then there is an invitation to embrace righteousness where we see God heal and transform us personally and then sends us out with his gospel to the ends of the earth. Personal and public righteousness, holiness and justice. We need to be formed into the image of God and then sent into the world. That is a true understanding of the gospel. We have to be people who hunger for that kind of righteousness. We can't be a church that is passionate about holiness, but not justice. We can't be a church who's passionate about justice, but not holiness. In his book, The Rise of Christianity, uh, Rodney Stark was looking at why the early church was so effective um, in spreading the gospel and, and why they had such an impact in the culture around them. And this is what he said about the church. Christianity revitalized life in the Greco-Roman cities by providing new norms and new kinds of social relationships able to cope with the many urgent urban problems. To cities filled with the homeless and impoverished, Christianity offered charity as well as hope. To cities filled with the newcomers and strangers, Christianity offered an immediate basis for attachments. To cities filled with the orphans and the widows, Christianity provided a new and expanded sense of family. To cities torn by violent ethnic strife, Christianity offered a new basis for social solidarity. 
And to cities faced with epidemics, fires, and earthquakes, Christianity offered effective nursing services. Wouldn't it be amazing if the church across the world, the church in our city, Jubilee Church Hull, were known for being people who provide answers for uh, solutions for a world desperately needing answers. As we are people intently seeking holiness and just uh, holiness and willing to do whatever God asks us to in order to outwork justice, I believe we can. And I want to finish by reading part of Isaiah 58. In this passage, God has been criticizing his people for their hypocrisy because they've been giving themselves to seeking God, but they had been treating those around them poorly. And God calls them to repent. And instead, he tells them that instead of living the way they had had been, this is what they should do. Is this not the fast that I chose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked to cover him. And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. What God says to them. He says the same to us. God doesn't want our fasting. If we're not willing to share with others. God doesn't want our prayers. If we're not willing to clothe the naked. God doesn't want our worship. If we ignore injustice around us. But then God gives them a promise. He then says this. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rearguard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. As we live with this sense of true righteousness, of holiness and justice, not being opposites, but being essential together, we will see God break in and he will do amazing things. I'd ask each of us to consider where we need to grow today. Maybe you've prioritized holiness and today you need to grow in your heart for others and reaching the city. Maybe you've prioritized justice today and you need to grow in your desire for personal holiness and engaging with discipleship. God isn't wanting us to be less holy today. God isn't wanting us to care less about and be less passionate about justice. He is instead wanting us to care and invest in both deeply. I wonder if the band would join me. Today at this gift day, we get to physically invest into justice. As we get to raise money which will directly impact those in need. But it's not just about justice. This is actually also about holiness. Because as we steward what God has for us, it is a huge indication about where our hearts are. And so the band are going to lead us in a song. And while they sing over us, the ways that you can give, the ways you can invest in our, our step to righteousness our step into holiness and justice. They're going to come up on the screen. And if you're giving by bank transfer, uh, that's great because we pay less commission on that. Um, But if you're paying by bank transfer, please do uh, use gift day as a reference so we can identify those gifts. Uh, Maybe today you haven't had a chance to review your giving. That's okay. Uh, I would say get your family together now and do it. Get your latest bank statement out. 
Uh, get your budget out, have a look at them, uh, and review your giving now. Whether you're, but whether you're able to give or not today, whether you are starting a standing order for the first time or increasing your giving or giving a one-off gift above and beyond your normal giving, this is an opportunity for each of us to commit afresh to this biblical view of righteousness. That as we seek to make Jesus known in Hull and the nations, we would not do it in our own strength, but looking to God to transform us into his likeness and helping us understand his heart for justice, which will drive us to action. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this invitation to righteousness. That we come before one who is completely and utterly perfect in his righteousness. And you, you say you, make, you made us in your image. And so, Lord, we want to grow in that. We want to learn what it is to outwork justice and holiness, to be truly righteous in all that we do. Lord, I do pray that every bit of money that is given today would have an impact for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you that as we invest in the work of our church and all that we're looking to do, Lord, that we would see you do incredible things across our city as we reach those in need, as we impact the, the poor, as we impact those with mental health issues, as we impact the lonely, as we, in, as we impact those who are homeless, as we impact the addicts, Lord, that we would be able through this money raised to have a great impact and to show the love of Jesus to our city. So Lord, would you come now? Would you be speaking to us afresh now? As we give, would we, whether we're able to give or not, Lord, I pray you would just transform our hearts. Would we understand more of your heart for our city and the nations, knowing that we're never going to understand it like you. We're never going to care more for righteousness than you do. But we want to grasp a bit more of your heart today, Lord. Amen.